Welcome back, folks, to Two Brits, One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles and a dragon boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Ken Elliot Friedman, and a man who enjoys microwaving dry pasta. Well, every human. Well, how you doing? I'm, I'm very well, Dan. I, I wish I was iconic enough to be enjoying microwavable pasta. I enjoy the fact that a certain somebody is, is indulging in microwaved pasta, but I myself am not brave enough to be to be that revolutionary. We got to talk about uh, Pattinson, haven't we? Robert Pattinson's interview with GQ, Mate. the uh, the inner workings of a madman. What a fucking legend! What a guy, an absolute lad. What a, what a king, <laughs> a king amongst men. Like I, it's it's either it's one of two things. He's either actually this fucking psychotic, which is incredible, utterly incredible, or it's all put on for the interview, which is equally incredible, as far as I'm concerned. See, this is what I wrote. This was the first thing I wrote about it when you said you wanted to quickly talk about it this week. I wrote, is this an Andy Kaufman thing or is he is he actually like this? For those of you who don't know, Andy Kaufman was a famous comedian um, who was on SNL and he was famously kind of all over the place all the time and you never knew uh, kind of where Andy started and Andy finished. He was always kind of blurring the lines and he would play char- he played a character called Tony Clifton and when he was Tony Clifton... He was Tony Clifton. You couldn't call him Andy. You couldn't talk to him as Andy. He was Tony. And Tony Clifton was this horrible piece of shit, kind of lounge singing character that Andy played. And he would just be, he would be someone else. And the same with Andy Kaufman. He was just kind of, people People still believe that Andy Kaufman isn't dead and it's an Andy Kaufman joke. And that one day he's going to say, ha, huh, got you. And everyone's going to be thinking, what now? This is weird. And so people still didn't believe when he was seriously ill that he was actually ill. They just thought he was going to do a joke or it was a bit or something. And if you've not read this Robert Pattinson interview in GQ, <laughs> you can be led to think maybe the same thing. It's, it's, it's too nutters, basically, isn't it? Didn't somebody do it's, a biopic of Andy Kaufman and play him? As, as quickly as we've steamed off Robert Pattinson here into something much more kind of weird, yes, Jim Carrey played yes. Andy Kaufman. In the biopic of Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey the whole time would only respond as Andy or as Tony Clifton. He was not Jim Carrey. And if there's a, there's a Netflix documentary about it, and Jim Carrey comes off as a crazy person in the documentary because he just becomes Andy Kaufman. He, he acts like him. He starts doing everything the same way he did. He Everything, just everything. He just becomes Andy. He's not Jim Carrey that whole time. It's it's very weird. It's very weird. But then that's the kind of meta of the this documentary is nobody knew where Andy Kaufman started and finished. And in that documentary, nobody knows where Jim Carrey's gone. It's just Andy's back. When I was reading this GQ interview and like all the reaction to it, I was just thinking like this is very. It's it's like a better version of what Jared Leto was trying to do as the Joker. Yes. If if you told me the Robin, like if I knew nothing about the the upcoming Batman film and Pattinson being. Uh, cast for it I would take that as this guy making excellent not, not the Joker as we know it necessarily but a more sort of unhinged in in a less dangerous kind of way version of the Joker yeah because he's, he's yeah I, I agree completely he's clearly a fucking lunatic and I, I love all the quotes he's come out with about how he's actively not been training to be Batman whether, <laughs> whether, or, whether or not they're true because there's loads of photos of him absolutely ripped to shreds but yeah just the fact that he'd come out and say that, clearly knowing that it's going to rile up so many fucking Batman t-shirt wearing so-and-sos on the internet. Somebody had a tweet the other day saying, I like the fact that people are mad that Robert Pattinson isn't training to be Batman, yet 
what he's doing is being a crazy rich recluse living <laughs> off on his own, kind of doing his own thing. Like he's actually being Batman now. That's what Batman kind of does, you know? Oh, mate, if we, if we had like a, a sort of alternate, re, not alternate reality, because Batman isn't reality, but you know what I mean? An alternate telling of, of the Batman character where, which focuses more on the reclusive insanity side of Bruce Wayne. Where yeah. he, he feels he has this delusion of grandeur that he's actually doing good out there, but really he's just going out and getting the shit beaten out of him and not doing any, like he's a shit Batman and just a mental Bruce Wayne. That'd be good. I was with you. I was with you for the first part of that. I think the idea of having a Batman that's like it shows the dark, reclusive side of Batman, he has nobody to talk to. And he is probably, in, in theory, like Bruce Wayne is crazy. He is crazy. If you think about it, yeah, he's definitely. this billionaire who goes out at night dressed as a bat and attacks people to do good for the city. Like, that's insane. <laughs> and then he comes home and he's got nobody to talk to except this old English SAS butler. That's fucking mad. Of course he'd go crazy. He's got no kind of people skills or any sense of reality, has he, or normalcy. Yeah, like how would you be able to pull off the Christian Bale sort of Batman aesthetic if you really were him? How would you be able to go to these? Like you'd you'd end up more like Bale is at the start of the Dark Knight. No, not Dark Knight. What's the third one? Dark Knight Rises. The Machinist. <laughs> but if you were the Machinist and you tried to be Batman, you would be snapped in. It'd be like if I tried to be fucking Batman. <laughs> so true. I think the two the two best things I enjoyed about the Pattinson interview were clearly him trying to make that pasta dish at the end in the microwave with sugar and cheese. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What? what? That's what just made me think, okay, this is an act, because nobody, nobody in their right mind, especially a man of 32, even with limited cooking knowledge, would think that putting dry pasta in a bowl of water and then putting that in the microwave and then putting that in some tin foil with sugar and cheese is any kind of idea. And then putting that in the microwave and blowing up the microwave. That's like... I was just thinking, no, this is too much now. You've gone too far, Rob. I was believing you for a second. Now I think it's some bullshit. The fact that he's in his house and he's like, oh, I was using this earlier. I could have sworn it was an oven. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And the, the thing that I kept having to remind myself while reading this interview was the fact that this is over a Zoom call. <laughs> So he's like dragging yeah. this laptop around with him or like his phone or whatever. And just He said yeah, he said he doesn't insane. know how his phone works, he doesn't know how his laptop works, things keep cutting out, the internet's going off, and I'm think I just kept thinking as it got further and further on, I just kept thinking, No, okay, I know what's happening here, this is too much now. I don't I don't buy it anymore. Nah, I would I would have bought into the K Fabe. Robert Pattinson's <laughs> some fucking skagged out nutter. It's just floating about. And the other thing I like is something I always like, which is just, oh, this is Robert Pattinson at home being a crazy person. The jacket he's wearing is $8,000. The scarf is $500. Like, just, could you not just put him in... If you're going to go this way, just put him in regular clothes. Like, nah. these jeans were £7 from Primark. <laughs> no, I, it has to be like an $8,000 Louis Vuitton jacket. I, I like it even more, like, thinking about he's wearing, like, a, a one of three £12,000 kimono while he's making this microwave pasta. <laughs> the, the juxtaposition of, like the scummy ineptitude of the cooking and like the elitist of elite like it's well, that feels like a, a deleted scene from Parasite <laughs> brilliant okay should we get on with the show alright all right, I've got some pasta in the microwave so don't let me forget 
Okay, so Akeem Alou had an article this week in the Players' Tribune that was really, really good. I guess we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk about the fallout from the article in a minute and kind of what I noticed after it had come out. I would say there was, there was nothing in the article that I'd not already heard or sort of read about already. But the, the interesting side of it was just him growing up and what his parents had to go through to get where they got and everything they kind of endured and realising what his mum and dad must have had to go through as a, as a mixed-race couple was at times interesting and obviously terrifying. Because, Christ, I mean, we think, we think things are bad now. I can't, even, I can't even imagine how it was when they were younger and they first met and sort of fell in love and everything. Anything from you from the, um, from the article that really stood out? No, you you make a good point about how you know, there's nothing new there. Not not nothing new. It's a hard way to put it, but yeah, it's a lot of stuff that you've that has come out already. But I just thought it it was so shocking to have it all there written out in front of you, and like you say, to take in the extra. It's it's all stuff that people know goes on. Like yeah, of course, the Kimberley's dad was subject to racism in 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 the Soviet Union. Like of course yeah. it was, but it, it doesn't make it any. It obviously doesn't excuse it. And to have it all laid out in front of you in one sort of linear, look at all this horrendous stuff that happened to him. Like all the, I, I knew all about the stuff that happened with Steve Downey in, in Windsor, but to have it all out there again, it's just horrendous. And and to have it sort of long form rather than just in tweets of this is the information, this is the information, it really sort of made it hit home a bit more. Like all that thing about him getting cross-checked in the teeth and then having to fight immediately after. It's like, you can ignore the racism side of it, which obviously you shouldn't, but just the fact that player A has supposedly disrespected the team so then he gets a fucking fiberglass stick through the teeth, loses seven teeth, and then gets his face pummeled in. And that's like fucking a commended thing in this sport. You take the racism side out of it and it's still fucking awful. You throw in the racism and it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I like that. Um, I like the fact he called out Steve Downey. I like the fact he called, you know, and said, he's, um, I went through hell at the hands of a racist sociopath. His name's Steve Downey. Good. People should be named. Steve Downey's a piece of shit. End of story. Like yeah. I said last week, even when this story, I guess, came out all those years ago, or even when it resurfaced, all people would write in the media is, you know, obviously the, there was the incident with Steve Downey. That's all they would, that's all they would say. And that's, that's just terrible. It's absolutely terrible say how you exactly you feel as a reporter about that incident and that situation absolutely and and there's been so much of that bad faith reporting over the years on incidents like this that when when members of the media now are commenting or or even just sort of forwarding on if you will or retweeting the the Akeem Alou story there is no benefit of the doubt for, for these members of the media like if you're not condemning the story in in, in the right language then you know, you're you're not given the benefit of the doubt that you're not an ally sort of thing. Like that, I don't know if you saw people jumping on Bob McKenzie yesterday. No, I didn't see that. So Bob, Bob McKenzie retweeted the the Akeem Alou story, and ah, uh, oh, the wording was very interesting story from Akeem in his own words, and a lot of people took umbrage with that. And I can't say I'm particularly against them. That the problem. Yeah problem people saw that as like no it's not fucking interesting like there is no condemnation in, in the words from McKenzie and I, I don't want to I don't want to hate Bob McKenzie just for a potentially a throwaway tweet but it's things like that where like it does have to be taken with more s- severity when we're talking about these things like you said last week like people don't do not stand up against these 
situations at all. Nobody has the guts in hockey to actually come out and call a spade a spade for a little better term. And I think, yeah, while while Bob McKenzie probably didn't mean any harm in the wording of his tweet, it's important that people make it known that they are against these things because otherwise at the moment the default is that you're you're with it. You're for it. Yeah, saying that's an interesting story is what you say when somebody tells you something about a physics discovery that's just been made or a, a, like some, oh, God, when I was a kid, I did this. And they go, oh, that's interesting. Not, did you know this guy racially abused me? And then when I stood up to him, he cross-checked me in the face and then beat me up. Oh, hmm. that's interesting. Isn't that something? No. Isn't that, isn't that an interesting story? No, that's, yeah, exactly. The wording's got to be better. Even just to tweet something along the lines of, you know, this is a Kimalu story, read it. Something like that. Or, you know, this is what Akimalu went through. Read it. I'll give you a word instead of interesting that still begins with I that would have been good. Important. It's Exactly. And it's it's, but it's like, just too much of this. It's it's every opportunity being a missed opportunity to stand up for, for people of colour colour and minorities and anyone who's marginalised in this sport. And the more and more that we that people do not take the opportunities to have the simple thing of saying, I do not I stand with Akimalu, I do not stand with the racists is becoming more and more unacceptable. Do you know what? I'm, I'm really annoyed at myself and I just forgot to write it down. Somebody put a tweet out saying that they'd spoken to NHL teams on numerous times to get their side on the race issue and why it's a problem. And all they kept getting back from the NHL PR teams was, why are you talking about this? Why are you pushing this? From the and Penguins then, specifically. They just want to bury their head in the sand over it. And then when this reporter had put out that they'd been talking to the Pens and got pushback along the lines of why are you talking about this, there were multiple fans in that tweet thread saying, well, yeah, the problem is, is that you reporters are going to twist something some player says. I'm just thinking, what's, <laughs> how can you twist? Sidney Crosby comes out and says, I started with Akima Lou. Racism is bullshit. How's a reporter going to twist that? What's the twist to standing against racism? I don't get it. And it's it's like like Akeem said in his in his in his piece. It's not just the NHL as a problem. It's at college level. It's at youth level. It's at midget level. It, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. And it's just like it's like a virus. Players are so terrified to say anything to stand up in case anything happens. He mentioned that Jake. He said that Jake Bell, the team captain, when Bill Peters had a go at him, Jake Bell went and confronted Peters and said, "You can't say those things. You can't do this." But there's only so much you can do because if Jake Bell causes a problem. Well, he's just seen that Akeem has been sent down to the ECHL. So, well, okay then, Jake, if, you've got, if you're such a big fan of Akeem, you can go fucking with him then. And then that's just, you know, that's just so shit. And it's, for, for people like Jake Dowling and AHL players, specifically minor league players, I don't think that there should be the same onus put on them to stand up as there should be on AHL players. I don't know Jake Dowell's contract history, but let's say he is an AHL-only player. I've never fucking heard of him, so you can only assume he is. He's probably yeah. earning 70, 90, 100 grand a year, which, yeah, it's more money than your, you or I make, but it's not enough money to, to set you up for life. And this is a man who I would assume is untrained and unskilled in other professions. He's in a position where he's got to make his fucking bank playing in the AHL now. So he can't be risking his, his career for standing up against this toxic machine and culture that is built around hockey. Like like Akima Lou said, like he stood up as much as he physically could without risking his job. And I, I don't hold an ill will against Jake Dow for, for doing as much as you could. On a positive note, Dan, Stephen John's taken bow, son. Take a bow, my boy. 
Yeah, it was awesome. That was good. That's the kind of thing we need, though. Something as simple as that. Something as simple as that. And and it's it's sad that some we're setting the bar low, aren't we? Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 that hard one where you you want to you want to feel happy that somebody has stood up, but it's still, you know, <laughs> Stephen Johns is the savior of of people of color in the NHL just because he said we have to do more. <laughs> Stephen Stephen Johns says, "God, yeah, racism is terrible, isn't it?" And we come on here and go, "Oh my God, he's what amazing! F- what a man!" <laughs> like Re- God, revolution, we're setting right? the bar so low. Yeah, never, it's a revolution. Never has hockey. there been. Such an enlightened hockey player. Christ. It's a low bar. It's a fucking low bar. And he's and he's right. Akeem sorry, Akeem Malou is right. I didn't even think of this. He he wrote that the slogan is hockey is for everyone. It isn't. It clearly isn't. You've already it's he said it's like putting up a mission accomplished banner before even starting a mission. It's true. Hockey is not for everyone. It should be. The the slogan should be hockey should be for everyone, but it's not there yet. I didn't even think of that word in until you yeah. mentioned it. Well, and and we've we've slanked that slogan off a thousand times. So we but we still didn't get to that point of like actually the the crux of it and the, why it's so wrong. It's uh it reminds me of um this this sort of psychology thing I was reading about ages ago that said like people who announce their plans to do things like say you plan on going to the gym and losing some weight. And yeah, you you do your first thing of like, oh, I've been to the gym for your first time. Here's to the road of of losing ten pounds or whatever it might be. The the way your brain works, like say you put that on Facebook and you get a bunch of comments saying, yes, well done, you, we're with you, you're doing so good, you know, proud of you and all that. That is your brain interprets that as like, oh well, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I've got the I'm finished. I've got yeah, I've got the good thing that I wanted. You've made me feel yeah. good, uh, so I don't have to do that thing anymore. And that's that's what it is to me. Like the NHL is like, well, we'll just say we did it and then we don't and then we don't have to do it. Yeah. And then what we can do is we can just lump in everyone together in the same month. Black players, LGBTQ, hockey's for everyone. We'll just put it all together. Because at this point we've done what we need to do. It's fine. It's you know, we've accomplished our mission and, and that's all we need to do. It's also optional for all thirty one teams. If you want to do it, great. If you don't, yeah, yeah, don't of course. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Don't worry. If don't you don't want to because you don't want to rock the boat, we get it. That's fine. It's good. It's good. You don't want to be a distraction to Do your teammates. You, you know what? I've literally, I've literally just thought about this. Do you think a player like Quentin Byfield, and he is not meant to be, obviously, a spokesman or any kind of uprising of players saying, you know, we need to do better, we need to do this, we need to do that. It should not be on him at all. But do you think if Quentin Byfield comes into a team and absolutely dominates the league, that it would change something? Like, he's on no. the cover of things. He shows things. Let me... Have you have you heard of? I know what. Um, wait, of... wait, wait! I know you're going to say, I know you're going to say, but this is going to sound crazy. Is it because Byfield's a forward? Would it be different if he's scoring goals all the time? <sighs> oh, How's that for a hot take? Fucking! Yeah, I know you're going to say you're going to say PK, weren't you? Whatever gives you that idea. Exactly. But is it different if there is an awesome player who is not white, who is smashing the goals in? Every every game, banging in fiftieth season is that different? Now the thing the thing that's the problem because I, I think it is. Yeah, I, I think you've got a good idea, but it was never about on ice with PK, was it? Yeah, but it all bleeds in together, doesn't it? I think there's an element of it, like in the sense that everybody hates Eric Carlson because he's he's a, an offensive defenseman and apparently he doesn't play <laughs> defense, or he was. <laughs> True, but 
I think the cr- the crux of the issue with PK for a lot of people was his was his personality still is his personality and his off ice antics. It was never like oh he, yeah there was an element of oh he carries the puck too much he calls for the puck too much and all that. That that is interesting. That is interesting. There is still though. But there I, is still though the f- the forwards the forwards get the juice. The forwards get the praise, don't they? It's not if you win one nil, and your goalie makes twenty saves. Well, your D and your goalie have kept a shot out. Yet the guy who scores the goal gets his name on the ticker tape, or and the guy who makes the assist. It's not goal assist. This defense got a great shot out. It's not. It's not that, is it? It's goals. I think the thing I think about is we've had superstar players of color before, like Jerome McGinley, namely, is the one that jumps to mind. True. Good point. Um, yeah, other players like George Lorac and stuff were, were good players. Anton Carter was a good player and stuff like that. But you know, obviously Wayne Simmons as well, Joel Ward. Uh, and I think that's, yeah, that's precisely... Oh, and Woody O'Ree, yeah, that rounds it out. And <laughs> I think the problem is it's not about having one fa- one you know, coloured face in, in, in the top ten of, yeah, of scoring that's and post-scoring. Because that, that's not going to be enough, is it? That's not changing. No, you're right. One, one person isn't changing a culture. I mean, saying that, though, saying that though, it's not going to make a difference, is it? Look at the NFL. Look at the NBA. Look at, they're look still at everywhere. Racist. Look at everywhere. Look at every yeah. They're still racist everywhere. Look at footy. Footy's the same. Mario Balotelli. Oh, yeah. Footy's been having this bloody, you know, racism is not fair. You know, show red, show the red card to racism for years. I mean, years and years and years. And two seasons ago, a game in Italy was called off because of racist abuse. There was an England international for racist abuse a few weeks, a few months ago. So yeah, maybe maybe it'll be better, but it's not gonna make a difference, is it? I'm just trying to. I'm just kidding myself. I mean, I don't. I don't want to be so harsh, but yeah, yeah, you are. It's yeah. You you could hope that Quentin Byfield coming in and scoring hundred points would would be magical enough to have all, all these hicks be like. You know what? I've been I've been hard on black people my entire life, but this young man <laughs> and his toe drags have shown me that I was wrong. But it's not going to be enough. But it's, do you know what it is though? It's just the generation, isn't it? You hope that Byfield comes in and then a generation, like whichever teams he plays for, the generation that grows up watches him and says, instead of saying, I want to be like Sidney Crosby or I want to be like Ovi, I want to be like Quentin Byfield. That's why I want to be. I, I hope so. I hope so. The, the hope is that it leads another generation. It makes you know, children of colour feel more at home, you know, seeing seeing someone who's representing them in the game, and then we'd have another generation yeah. of players. Because I think you know, racism ain't, ain't new. Like we've had plenty of generations for it to die out. But yeah, I don't know. We can only hope. We can only hope. All right, let's move on. <clears throat> we'll talk about the the proposed playoff idea in a minute. But I did just want to oh. mention. I think it's interesting, Will, that clearly there was some backlash in ideas to this playoff formula. Because if a team had to face Carey Price, I mean, what are they supposed to do, Will? How, how could you possibly be expected to, to score a goal against that kind of player, really? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm baffled, mate. I mean, there's, I mean clearly this, this whole COVID situation has been perpetrated by the other 30 teams in the NHL so that they can have longer to game plan how to play against Carey Price. I mean, that, that, to me, that seems like the only suggestion that, you know, the only thing it could be. It's. I'd, I'd argue it was it was uh, facilitated by the Canadians because they knew it would end up in a playoff format that saw them get into the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, good point. It's, uh, I, I just don't. 
I, I don't even know what to say to it. Because <laughs> the gripe was teams didn't want... It wasn't that they didn't want a 2014 playoff. They didn't want a, a best of three for the playing round, potentially. Yeah, in case they had to face Carey Price. It's like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? This isn't just... This was Larry Brooks in the New York Post. This wasn't just a kind of Larry Brooks threw something out there. He said that he had multiple teams say to him, we'd rather not play the Canadians because over a best of three, we're scared of Kerry Price getting hot. <laughs> like, dude, it's the playoffs. You, hang on. Who's, who's Price's backup? I can't remember. It's a fucking goalie. Anything can happen. You should be scared of Price's backup getting hot. Any goalie can get hot in the playoffs. Oh, That's how, the point of the playoffs. How dare you forget who Price's backup is? He's yeah. your favourite goalie. Keith Kincaid. Oh wait, it was. I think it's been Charlie Lindgren most of the time. I think Keith ah, Kincaid's on the yeah. roster. Oh whatever. It's the, the argument is I don't want to play against a hockey team as a goalie. Like it's, it's fucking like anyone can get fucking hot, and and it's it's this thing where obviously as, as we've seen time and time again, idiots still believe that Carey Price is is god in a, in a set of golden gear. But it makes me think about like reputation especially for sports stars, where you can't, on a game-to-game basis, you can't assess someone's reputation. Yeah, say the fucking name hockey player, say Amanda Kane goes on a bender and he scores four goals in five games, he's got nine points over a five-game period. Oh, he looks like the best player in, in the NHL. That's not a reputation built, that's just a hot streak. Similarly with like, you know, 40 games, you can have a good start to the season, crappy end to the season, and you're not, etc., etc. So I always think that reputation for sports players... Is like three years behind because that's the only yeah. thing you can you have cemented for sure like okay three years ago this player was this good or, or had had built up to that point this sort of resume that is my current opinion of this player so it's like are you telling me that those same gms wouldn't be would be happy going into a free game series against vasilevsky or john gibson or Connor hellebuck it's another way that these gms are fucking telling on themselves that they're fucking idiots and they do not know. You you wanna you wanna have a go at some people who don't watch the games. Don't go after the analytics people. Go after the fucking GMs because they clearly don't know what they're talking about. Ah <laughs> oh dear, we do this joke every year, don't we? When the uh, the players' poll comes out, every, and wins the best goalie every, again every single year. Looking forward to it next year. <laughs> I'm Mark. What are the, people uh, watching? What are you watching? Look, he's not a bad goalie, but he's not. I'm no, not, that's the thing. I'm, he's not a bad goalie, but he I'm is, not. in my opinion, he is. He's probably between. 10th and 20th in the league he's he's, he's yeah, definitely fallible yeah he's not scary well he's, he's probably scarier yeah. than Matt Murray I knew you were going to say that <laughs> to be fair I've got the standings in front of me and Pittsburgh are looking at me I had to say I had to say it but in my opinion but it's the thing in my opinion Dallas and Boston have got both their goalies are better than Kerry Price so there's four that are better than Kerry Price already <laughs> oh I don't know about that oh I would I think in the playoffs. I, I think I'd probably want. I think I'd probably want Kerry Price over like Anton Hidobin. All due respect to Dobby. I wouldn't. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. I don't. I. I think it doesn't matter. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, if if all of, if they've got the same contract. <laughs> I mean, they'll be making ten and a half a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not not price for two mil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And, and here's a, like this is the crazy thing as well. Like we're we're hot take artists as well for saying this. We're hot take artists for saying, yeah, I don't see the Kerry Price thing. 
I even know. I, th- I think well that that's another problem with like how much of Twitter is real life because I think most people on on my Twitter at least know that Carey Price isn't a, the best goalie that's ever lived. Yeah, he's he's perfectly fine. He's perfectly fine. Sometimes there's some... times where he's been great. There's times where he's been bad. But most of all, he's good. He's a good goalie. Perfectly, perfectly good goalie. He'd still be a starter on most teams in the league. Yeah, probably actually. I'd, well, I'd, I'd probably still say I'd probably still say he's a top ten goalie. You know what we've got to do, don't you? <laughs> I'll rank the goalies. Okay, not, not rank the goalies, but are the ten goalies you would pick before Carey Price? Fucking hell, right, right. Vasilevsky, Gibson, Hellebuck. Who else did I say earlier? Did I say someone else earlier? Rask. Yeah, Rask. Definitely Rask. <sighs> this is um, uh, Halak. I'd take Halak before Price. I mean. Fair enough. I think you're a bit, bit crackheady there, but fair play. You're mad. I'd probably flower. <laughs> yeah, I mean you kind of have to. You kind of have to at this point. We're going off, and we're going off right now as well. I'm not talking. Hist- I'm going right now. I yeah, mean, yeah. I take flower now. Holtby, I take Holtby now. Today, um, Holtby. Really, I, I don't know about that one, there, boy. Lundqvist, definitely Lundqvist. No, no respect for Hank around it. Um, I might even take Carter Hart to be honest. Anderson, Freddie Anderson? F- no, nah, not Freddie Anderson. You don't think Freddie Anderson's better than Carey Price? I think it's much more muchness. Okay, would... okay, okay. We'll call that a wash then. Throw it off. We're saying I'm better. Not, yeah, like, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that he's like particularly worse. Be a Carter Hart for sure. Tristan oh. Jarry, based no, on the season. No, not Tristan Jarry. No, no. Come on, <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> what do you mean, come on, come on? Do be serious. Oh, racist Robin Lennon, maybe? You kind of have to, really, don't you? Yeah, maybe. Who's your, um, <laughs> who's your boy in Dallas? What, Big Ben? Oh, Bishop. Big Ben. I think it's much of a muchness. With, I, I still think Price is a good goalie. He's, a, he's good, but... I think Bishop is good, if you're too. Giving, if you're giving me a list of goalies I wouldn't want to face in a best of three series, I would, he wouldn't be in the top ten. I wouldn't, he really I wouldn't, wouldn't. I wouldn't put Ben Bishop there, though. I don't know. I wouldn't put Bishop in the top ten necessarily. Oh, even then though, even then though, it's pr- it kind of proves a point. We're saying Freddie Anderson, yeah, kind of a wash. Ben Bishop, yeah, kind of a wash. That, that's the thing. If Price think, is that good, think, if Price is that good, I should say every single name, and you should be saying, no, mate, you're mad. Why would I pick Freddie Anderson over? No, there's yeah, no way. That's, that's it. I think instead of just saying, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> this is it's a state of goalie of, of goaltending in the NHL. There's like five really good ones. Then there's anywhere from like. 15 to 40 goalies so it's like yeah whatever and then there's Bennington I can't answer that in good faith <laughs> we're just talking about being a goalie forget everything else yeah I, I, still, I, still, I still can't answer that in good okay. faith I'm not. I stand by what right. I just said right. okay fair enough no not not Bennington because Bennington's still gonna be playing in the KHL with Jonathan Marsh so next year <laughs> it's gonna happen fair point don't worry about it there was someone else I've just saw Oh, how about um, how about Elvis? Oh, mate, nah, I'm I'm not taking a geezer who's who's got fucking twenty seven career games. I'm just over, saying this. I just said to you, I'm just saying this season. I'm not talking about historical. Still, I'm just I, saying like, this that's, season. That's not enough for me to tell you what Elvis Merzlikens is going to be like in the next game. You're not taking. See, I believe. I see. This is the case. This is very difficult. I believe in. I believe in the hot hand. You ride the hot hand. Do you, do you think Elvis he's... is playing out of his mind? Elvis is playing out of his mind right now. I'll take him right now. Do you think? Because I know he's going to play out of his mind. Do you think he still has a hot hand three months later? 
after his after his last game. Yeah, but we'll. Okay, I kind of see what you're saying, but I'm I'm kind of basing this off the fact that we're looking at okay, there's no break in the season. We're just carrying on as things were. Yeah, but that's not that's not what we're criticising. We're criticising. Ah, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Of... Okay, you're right. Do you want to name any more goblies? Oh. <laughs> Should we have a... No, let's get off this. And, Anti-Niemi. Does that Niemi, Niemi make the list? Yeah, of course, yeah. Paddy Roy. Paddy, Paddy Roy. No Patrick Roy. No, no Patrick Roy. <laughs> no, Paddy Roy. <laughs> that was one of my first ever uh, my first ever jokes. Fucking Paddy it Roy. Was, uh, it was Paddy Roy and Jackie Plant. <laughs> Jackie Plant. <laughs> There we go, though. Carey Price, to be feared, apparently. Fucking quaking in my boots over it. Just quickly, what was the... You mentioned you wanted to talk about Tom Gagladi. What was that? Oh, I was just about to close that tab because I didn't know if we were going to do it. So uh, he went on a radio station in Dallas. Tom Gagladi is the, the owner of, of the Dallas Stars, as well as a number of restaurants and hotels. So the quote is, uh, it's a bit of a horror th- horrifying thought to think about the NHL without fans. He said he doesn't think we need the vaccine to see fans back in stadiums and also admitted he doesn't know a solution to get the fans back in. He mentioned models of plus or minus 4,000 fans in a stadium where people could social distance at a game, saying next week we could have some sort of a way that prevents people from tying. It may not be a vaccine, it may be a game changer too. Could you stand outside your stadium and have 18,000 swabs and swab and swab everyone's set a temperature? I don't know. Basically, he carried on saying, I uh, want to make money and I don't give a shit if people die. <laughs> Herd immunity. Herd immunity. Sorry, if, if we all get it, no one's got it. <laughs> That's a very good point. That's a very good point. If, if everyone's special, then no one's special, are they? The, it ties in nicely to something that I saw... Today I watched a little thing from, I think it was from late last night, with uh, Elliot Friedman, Chris Johnston, and oh, some new Sportsnet anchor that I've never seen before. But they were right. talking about the potential restart, which we're going to get onto, and saying about the potential for fans in the buildings, if ever. Uh, naturally, they were saying, you know, we're not going to be looking at fans realistically for most of this. But they floated the idea of, fans for the standing up final like a limited number like say 2,000 fans uh, yeah. Friedman pointed out the, the the thing that which I hadn't even considered really logistically to get say 2,000 fans into a stadium in the middle of a downtown area in say Vegas as the proposed hub city uh, you would need a mile of queuing for social distance queuing to get into the stadium then what do you do about manoeuvring around the stadium let alone while, you, while you're sitting is fairly easy I suppose you're using the toilet. Using the toilet at breaks. How about leaving yeah. the stadium at the end of the game? It's just like there's so much more to this than than it first meets the eye on the surface, and and that really got me thinking that I don't think it's going to be sensible to have fans at stadiums at all for a long time. It's clearly it's clearly about money mm-hmm. because the Scottish leagues in football in Britain have just finished their season and they're just done. Whereas the Premier League has said, no, we're going to come back and finish the whole thing. The because whole clearly thing. they have a massive TV contract to fulfil. And this has been the case in uh, wrestling in America, where WWE and AEW have carried on, primarily because they have TV contracts to fill. And if they don't fill those quotas for TV shows or hours produced of television, the networks who pay exorbitant amounts of money, if they're trying to cut costs, could say, well, you've broken your contract, so 
yeah, we'll see you later. We're going to, re- you know, we're going to redo it. And that would be, I would assume, maybe the same for this, maybe the same for the Premier League, that maybe there are outs in these TV deals where if certain, con- you know, if certain uh, quotas aren't being produced, then the TV companies can say, yeah, I think we're going to restructure it and pay, on- and pay only half for this, uh, for this sort of uh, this sports instead. And that, that money's gone as well. You know for a fact yeah. that all this money has been spent. Oh, yeah. It's, it's scary. It's scary. And the, the problem is, like, as much as, you know, your average person would be like, oh, well, I'm not going to go because it's not safe, you're never going to run out of sports fans to go to a stadium. Plenty, plenty of people would go. And I don't, if they, I don't even think they would care. Do you know what? I can see the NHL doing. I can see the NHL saying, we don't want you to come. Please do not come to these games. We have got 4,000 seats that you can buy for a premium, but please do not turn up. Please. But if you want to pay for a seat, they are here. But don't turn up, okay? And then, you know, there's 20,000 people outside trying to get in. That's that's the sickening thing. You're going to have 4,000 people spending £1,000 each just to... Yeah. Because that's the other thing. Like, with if you're, if you're talking about opening stadiums to a limited number of fans, that, that revenue is not going to be high enough to make a difference unless you charge people out the arse for it. So you're either you're either looking at say you do an average of like a hundred dollars a ticket for the playoffs, which I think is fairly standard, maybe even a bit low. What you're going to make four hundred grand off a game, yeah? If you get four thousand yeah. people in it, yep. which to, yeah, four hundred grand is nothing to turn your nose up at. But I can't imagine that's enough that we're talking about. I know compared to what they would normally get. Yeah, exactly. Or or you charge people like the arse to catch coronavirus while watching your team lose in a fucking shit fake playoff game. I can, I can totally see that happening. I really can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Did you catch any of the uh, Bundesliga at the weekend? No, I didn't. I didn't watch any of it. I didn't. <sighs> it's very peculiar. Oh, God, that's something I was meant to mention. I was going to say it was very peculiar because all you can hear is the manager screaming stuff to the players. And the players, because normally you just can't hear anything. You just hear like the dull of the fans. The odd tune being, being sung out. But you could hear everything. And I'm thinking, if they go... And I know I know Friedman mentioned this on Thirty One Thoughts last week, but it was it was something I was thinking about. How are you going to have hockey players live mic'd with no fans? How? Because I tell you, if you do that, God, the games the games will be cut off after about a minute. The amount of swearing, the amount of abuse that goes on, even cheeky little comments that might normally go under the you know under someone's breath, it's going to be caught on. It's going to be caught live everywhere. I reckon they'll you just, use they'll use some sort of it. like filter or whatever. Like I, I don't know, maybe high pass or low pass or whatever it might be. They'll they'll do something to the audio because obviously yeah, say, they'd have to because it'd be the same if those mics are picking up like you know the cut of skates in the ice and like the puck bouncing off the boards when you've got twenty thousand fans in the arena. You'll be able to replicate that even if you just have like white noise underneath it or something to cut out the voices and still keep the the sound. Yeah, there's, there's. You just need music playing. You just need music playing all the time, like New Jack in ECW or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Like I'd, I'd quite like just raw sound, and obviously, I'm sure we'd all appreciate. You know, people of a certain fruition would enjoy hearing whoever effing and jeffing at each other. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, the first game, the first shift. The second those players got back on the bench, are you going to hear down the benches? Oh yeah, what about you, you fucking shit house? <laughs> Stuff like, hey, cut the game off. That's it. We're done <laughs> already. Fuck off, Lord, you fat redneck cunt. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck you, Marsh, and you ratty prick. <laughs> That's all you're going to get. 
<laughs> like, it's... Like, forget it. We're done. We can't play. We can't show these games. This is terrible. And, There's and, children watching. And it's, yeah, this is it. As much as we joke about it, like oh, fair play. There are plenty of people out there who don't want to hear that sort of thing. You know, the children yeah. should be allowed to watch hockey games without their parents worrying about the sort of language they're going to hear. And yeah, people of a, <laughs> yeah. of a of a of a gentler disposition shouldn't have to be subjected to that during a fucking sports game. It's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's completely right. As much as I'd like to see it, it shouldn't be seven o'clock on on a Saturday night on on national television. Like you say, thirty seconds in, you've you've already hit your quota. Yeah, there's like there's like a scrum or something. Yeah, fuck you. Well, fuck you too. Well, fuck your mother. Fuck you. <laughs> well, great. Ooh, they're not they're not two meters away. Yeah, the noblest of sport. <sighs> Jesus Christ. On on that Bundesliga right. thing, that fucking photo. Which one? The the, the, the sorry, the two photos. So it, you've got a picture of players playing a football match. I assume getting ready for a corner. You have got three players in in about a meter square, <laughs> and then the picture of the bench where you've got all the coaches two meters apart, masked up to the hill. That's like, what are we fucking doing here, boys? What? Exactly. How how how? how does it make any how is sense? How's that safe? How's that safe? Uh, it's not. And even then, when they scored, they wouldn't go and celebrate with their teammates. I was like, mate, you were just stood at a corner. There was a guy literally in your pocket, <laughs> like marking you. <laughs> now you can't go and celebrate with your teammates. You, at this point, at this point, you're trying to close the door after the Gnorse has bolted. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. What are we doing? Not only is the horse bolted, but you snogged that coronavirus-infected horse before it bolted. <laughs> so true. Christ. All right, let's move on. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, YouTube, but not at the beach because we're not stupid idiots. But if you could leave a five-star review, that would be great. This part of the show, of course, is brought to you by Wave Intel. With hockey maybe being around the corner, let Wave Intel get you back up to speed so you can annoy everybody by letting them know how smart you are, by telling them why player A is better than player B, or why your team is better than their team. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart. So you don't have to. Before we discuss the playoff thing, you wanted to quickly mention something about the NBA. What was that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can't remember if I mentioned it last week on the show. I probably did. But I am now uh, an NBA 2K20 player. Very bad. yes. I am. I am indeed. I'm a very bad one, which is quite an interesting uh, experience playing their their beer pro version. When you're when you're just bad and do not understand the rules of the game, do not know what you're meant to be doing. It's quite quite a change from scoring seven goals a shift on, on NHL 20. Yeah, middle middle class white boy can't play basketball. Everyone's done. Carry on. I believe there's a film about that starring. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but not pro ballers. <laughs> they just play at the beach, two on two. Do that on I've, I've, I've not seen white man can't jump, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they're not pro. They just play. In, they just hustle for money. Same two on two. Same difference. Good thing I'm not playing for money, Dan, because I'd be very fucking poor right now. <laughs> <laughs> but. In, you know, I'd, I would get a bit of an interest in the sport and I wanted to watch more to learn what to do and all that sort of stuff. So I'd look at finding... Because like, you know the NHL TV has free games once a week or whatever it is, oh, yeah, so you can yeah. go back and watch them. I thought I'd see if the NBA had a similar thing. Upon my investigation, obviously there's an app and a big hub for NBA TV or whatever. There aren't free games. like you know, Throughout the season, you can't just watch a free game here or there. But because of the coronavirus lockdown, their entire app is just open. You can watch any game from this season or last season for fucking free wow. in full. All the highlights you've basically got got access as if you paid 150 quid for the year. That's really good. It's really good. Really, really good. Why aren't the NHL doing that? <laughs> what is the difference? Well, you see, you see, 
Okay, well, you've made a classic mistake. You've made a classic <laughs> mistake. Is that sports leagues are normally run well because they want to generate money. They want to generate fan interest. It's not a closed uh, kind of cabal type of meeting where only certain people have to find their way in, like the NHL. To be an NHL fan, you have to find it yourself. So it's not be let Well, you can lead an NHL horse to water, but you can't make it drink. That's the thing. No, it's not allowed to drink. No, no. And if it does have a drink, it's then cross-checked and punched in the face <laughs> for daring to have a drink. Yeah, yeah, no. That's fucking... the problem you see, is that you're looking at it from a common sense point of view, Will, where wouldn't that be a really good idea if the NHL were promoting everywhere, watch hockey for free while coronavirus is happening, watch any game you want from the postseason or preseason or anything. But no, no, we can't, we can't do that. It's so... The thing that really got me <laughs> thinking about it it's like, what, what's the point in not doing it? Because who who is paying 120 quid for a season's worth of NHL access when there aren't any fucking games happening? They wouldn't they wouldn't be losing out on a penny if they did that. Like I don't I just do you don't not think uh, you don't think Derek Smith from um, from Vancouver thought, hang on a minute, the hockey season's been postponed. I better sign up now. <laughs> no, I, don't, I agree. Yeah, but I don't think he was either. De- Derek was a very different case where, like, where most people aren't doing that. Well, Derek Smith has unfortunately bought five subscriptions this week. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd be, I'd be so interested to know their their new subscription num- numbers since the season was postponed. <laughs> maybe it's a TV thing. Maybe it's a TV thing. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something to do with uh, that. I'm not sure. Surely the, that's the stupidest, the, the stupidest, easiest thing. Hey, Will. Here's an inside joke you're going to get now. That's a layup. It's oh, a layup. Oh, there you go. There you go. Isn't don't, it? Don't, don't joke about that, Dan, because it's Sorry. actually it's quite hard for some of us. Yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> because you to, can't do to layups. Pull that off. Mate, the thing with this fucking 2K game, right, I'll just have one Here we go. It's the there. game's fault. Carry on. It's <laughs> not the game's fault. It's just the, the adjustment. Because like that. Have you, have you, have you ever played it? Have you played 2K? Yeah, I played it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the whole shot meter thing and having to get your timing yeah. right on shots. So used to coming from, from any other sports game, it's like, well, that's a shoot button. Or does that shoot? Yeah. <laughs> does it does it go on target? Yeah. <laughs> so, I just tap it. <laughs> to shoot, that's it. Just, just, just press it. it. So what do you mean I missed? <laughs> I've, I've pressed the button. I've pressed the shoot button. What do you mean to put up an absolute brick? <laughs> you could, aren't you? It's fucking so disheartening. Like, it's, it's really fun because it's like, it's a challenge and stuff and you're actually learning and improving as you go rather than like oh, I didn't score five points what a shit game but it's very it's very disheartening when you're like I, I do not know what I can do <laughs> I don't know what I can do you practice Will you get better that's the point you just practice that's practice not, keep going keep going keep going that's fucking real life shit Dan. I don't want to be doing that on my playstation fucking hell do you I enjoy that sometimes that kind of that grind to do stuff yeah, yeah I enjoyed it and I Played through Dark Souls and I don't want to have to do it ever again. <laughs> I've decided that that's very much not for me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. But yeah, that's why the NHL don't do it well because that would make uh, that would make way too much sense. They might potentially lose one payment of 140 quid over the next six months. Or, or think about this: worse than that, they might make new fans. Well, and then what are you going to do? <laughs> and you don't know where they're from, do you? Exactly. That's exactly. That's a fucking problem. The playoffs. It looks as though we are heading towards a 24-team conference-based playoff format for a potential return to the uh, to the 2019-20 season. Fucking Multiple places love have it. confirmed. Fucking love it. 
Absolutely love it. So the top four seeds, as determined by their point percentages when the regular season finished, will receive buys through a round of best of five play-ins that will feature seeds five through 12. And the, the NHL will likely utilise two hub cities for the restart. The, the main one being talked about is Vegas. I would assume it's going to be Vegas because that's all I've heard. And the other one would be, I presume, somewhere in the east. And they're going to meet on Thursday? What day is it today? Yeah, today. Today. Yeah, they're meeting today to discuss the format and other kind of ideas. Bo Daly said that uh, he's not aware of any agreement yet. He doesn't want to jump the gun on anything. But obviously, as you mentioned, having teams back is uh, there are a lot more considerations other than just getting the teams going. So what do you think about this? So I like the idea. My my main my main gripe with it, Dan. Who who could have seen there being a gripe? Is they're not gonna they're not gonna reseed after the play-ins? Yeah, that's right. Which to me is is utterly mental. Like you're gonna have the eighth or ninth seed. So say say in the East, Toronto the eighth ninth, eighth seed beat Columbus the ninth seed. They go on to play the one seed who'd be the Bruins. Am I right? I've got the standings yeah. in front of me. And then say Mont- say Carey Price is allowed to play, and then <laughs> Montreal get an automatic buy. That'd be the twelve seed playing the four seed in in the second round or the first round or whatever you want to call it. Which to me, like as much as it doesn't matter at all, I'd be a bit miffed if if I was Carl Dubas and I'm like, look, we'd have actually made the real playoffs. Fair enough, we'd have played the one seed, but. <laughs> Yeah, in this situation. In this situation, there's a team that has fucking no right of being there, and they're getting, an, a, in theory, easier matchup than we would. It just doesn't seem, especially as they're playing games. Like it's not, it's not the first round of the playoffs. It's playing games. This it's all, it's all academic. It's all fake anyway. It's fake on top of the fakeness. What, what do you think? I guess that? so. Uh, hmm. My concern, as always, has always been with this, is that top four seeds are not playing meaningful hockey. Now, I get it. They've said that there's going to be a little three-game tournament during the playing round to kind of get any rust off these teams. But why, if you're playing a three-game tournament, why, why if you're a Bruin, a Lightning player, a Caps player, or a Flyers player, are you going to go balls out in a meaningless round-robin tournament when there's actual hockey around the corner? It's, you're, just going to, you're, going to, you're probably going to work harder in your actual skates unless... There is a reward of some kind for winning that tournament. I, still, I don't know what I, the reward I, I, would be. I can't think of a single reward that is going to be enough to make Me neither. teams want to Me play neither. hard enough. Me neither. I can't think of anything. Nothing. nothing I would. I would so. rather. I would rather if you because all the teams are going to be in the same place anyway. It's not as though like Pittsburgh have got to go to the Panthers or fucking whatever. If all the teams are going to be together anyway, give them all two weeks training camp or whatever. And then that's it. You're all in meaningful hockey from the get-go. I'm not sure how they do it. I don't know if it's a, like a little mini league. You play each team once or something, and then that's it. Like after that, you know, the standings are the standings, and or maybe the seeds get. The, you know what they should be? Here you go. The seeds should be pointed from the get-go. So say for example, the Bruins start off with four points, Lightning three, Caps two, Flyers one, and then from there. Each team plays each other once, and at the end of that, you've got your standings, and then you just go from like you know, then you go into a regular, a regular playoff format. But I think that's going to take longer. So part of the part of the consideration here is how long these players are going to be here doing this. And I don't think the league wanted to go on for very long. A for like the 
the isolation considerations and b for the fact that if you if you have like a mini league and then go into the proper playoffs it'd be fucking february 2021 before we're finished not necessarily though because if you're if you've got a if you play each team oh yeah maybe i don't know maybe or maybe something like the top seeds don't have to play each other or i don't know something like that i don't i don't think there is necessarily a good way of doing it to be honest i think this is unless you just go into a strict top eight each conference points percentage there you go if you want to do a 24 team playoff i don't know how else you do it apart from this or, or know. You know, there'll be different ways to do it, but I don't know how you do it with getting the top teams involved. But do you, do you really think that we're going to have you know the top four seeds from each conference are going to go go and get swept like the lightning? No, and do you know what? Do you know what? It's the playoffs. Even if it was a regular playoffs, there's a chance the top four seeds don't go through. Yeah, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think to an extent, even if the yeah, those right. teams are just they get more practice time. That's their that's their benefit. And if I'm a coach. If you're if you're an NHL coach of one of those top four seeded teams, so arguably very good teams, yeah, and you've got this practice team, practice time leading into the playoffs, if you're not drilling them with intensity, what what are you doing? It's I, I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I can't imagine Patrice Bergeron isn't going to come into to game one of round one against fucking whoever it is, Toronto probably, and is not going to have some you know a good level of intensity. What do you think of these matchups? We've got to assume this is how it's going to go, don't we? We've got. Oh, it. this is this is going to be it. This is going to be it. What do you What are you intrigued in in the first in the playing series? What What do you like? Fucking minimal, mate. It's all dross. It's, I mean, it's 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 Leafs Blue Jackets there's, for me. There's nothing too exciting. What What's exciting about Leafs Blue Jackets? You've got the supposedly massive underdog, underdog, hugely overperformed Blue Jackets. It's almost blue collar. Or blue jackets, essentially, blue right. collar, tortorella led, rough and tumble, digging for everything, versus this, you know, high spending. What are they? I get there's obviously like cap kind of rules that they're cheating, but you know, kind of ten million dollar over the cap team that's got these four forwards, you know, getting paid an absolute rocket, and then you've got the blue jackets who nobody thought anything would happen between. I'm just, I'm intrigued by that matchup. Yeah, you, the blue jackets are going to win it, aren't they? Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Because <laughs> in theory, in theory, you put that you put those on paper. Yeah, the Leafs just absolutely destroy them three 0 and it's a, it's fucking easy. There's nothing. Yeah, who cares? It's that's it. It's easy. But yeah, it's one of those one of those ones where you're like shit. This could be a banana skin. But it say if the Leafs go, if the Leafs go in there though and do whitewash the Blue Jackets, the narrative is probably going to be yeah, well they should have beat them anyway. You know they've got all these expensive players. But to me, that's a statement win if they can do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess a team so. that's been incredibly hot. Because it'd be their first playoff round win, technically. Do you know, actually, in the West as well, I'd be really, I am really intrigued if if it's if it does go ahead. You know, we get Oilers Blackhawks. I would be super intrigued by that to see how the Oilers would face, like you know, knowing that they're in the playoffs and they've got a a chance to do something. Yeah, I'd, I, you know, I, against against guys who've. I know it's a class. I know it's a cliche thing, and I hate to say it, but guys, you've been there before and know what it takes to win. Know that in the playoffs as well, Taves and Kane know. You know we can get away with more shit in the playoffs. Maybe we'll, uh, you know, maybe one of us leaves our leaves our stick up a little bit too long for Drysaddle or something. Who knows? Yeah, I, I could without a doubt see Chicago taking Edmonton. Yeah, me too. That's, me too. That's a proper poster child series for for what's wrong with having teams who weren't going to make the playoffs in the playoffs. 
Because Chicago have traded away one of their two goalies. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you, are you telling me that Chicago wouldn't undo that trade if they knew they were going to be in the playoffs? They fucking would. Like, it's yeah, of course they would. It's it's mental. It's mental, and and that you know speaks to a problem with as much as you know, if you if you reopen the trade market or whatever, it's not going to undo what's already happened. And there's a lot of stuff that's happened that is quite permanent, like that. I just yeah. I mean, apart from that, that you... straight. Go on. I was just going to say, like team to team matchup wise, there's nothing too interesting for me. Like the Hurricanes Rangers would be interesting from a from like a, a sort of stylistic standpoint. I think that'd be a good series. Yeah. But you know, Nashville, Arizona, Vancouver, Minnesota. There's nothing that sort of wets your whistle of like, oh, this is going to be. A, it's gonna be a good rivalry game or whatever it is. No, Preds Coyotes, not don't no nothing for me. Canucks no. Wild, eh, not really. Flames Jets, no. Penguins Canadians. I mean, it's interesting to see. You know, Crosby and Malkin are gonna go goalless in that entire series. That's gonna be interesting against you know Kerry Price. Oh, maybe I'd be interested, I'd be interested the Panthers. Yeah, we'll God, because you just you just know. You just know that obviously, like it's the other week, all we've done all season is slate Bobrovsky in that contract, and he's going to go into the playoffs and absolutely wreck it. He's, he's just going to stand on his head every night, and he's going to be unbelievable. Nine sixty all the way to the stand. Yeah, final. <laughs> playoff Bob. <laughs> Mate, wouldn't even be surprised. Wouldn't even be surprised. I wouldn't either because it's it's hockey. It's the playoffs. He's been well, a high level goalie more recently than uh, Kerry Price has. So <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> I, no one's worried about Bob. Oh God, should we should we do some quick, not not number of games or anything, but just run down the run down the things and off the off the cuff, who do you think's going to win? All right, yeah, quick prediction. These aren't serious or anything. We'll go quickly. All right, Penguins, Canadians, Penguins. Yeah, Penguins, Hurricanes, Rangers. I've got to go Hurricanes. Like, ah, oh, see, I'd go Hurricanes as well. Yeah, Islanders, yeah. Panthers. I think Panthers. I think the Panthers is. Shit, I'm going Panthers. Oh, <laughs> Leaf blue jackets. I want, I want to say Blue Jackets but it's the Leafs the Leafs have got to take yeah me too I want to say Blue Jackets but can you imagine if the Leafs oh my god I can't say no Jesus I mean for lols for lols it would be the Blue Jackets but I could I could see it happening I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on Toronto but no actually that's a good point I would put money on the other games not a lot but I would I would not put any money on this on this series Couldn't I could not pick but but if I had to, I'd probably I would go Leafs. I know, if the odds were nice on the Blue Jackets, I'd take it. But that's the like t- technically that's the closest match. That's eight versus nine. I mean that is the closest matchup. But on paper, it just looks like a, you know a chasm in difference. Yeah, but then I think is that not reputation for Columbus because they've been really good this year? Are we not still yeah, thinking maybe. we're still we're still in the off season? Oh, they've not got Panera and they've not got Bobrovsky. And think of all the think of all the injuries the Blue Jackets have had as well, and they still put that run together. They're going to get all their players back. Yeah, Cam Atkinson. Uh, other... I'm sure Seth Jones is out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Crikey. So, okay. Um, Oilers, Blackhawks. Blackhawks. I can't. I can't ever bet on the Oilers to win. The thing is, series. that Blackhawk, that Blackhawks D is so bad. It's so it's bad. So and, bad. And they've only got one goalie, but. I just don't. I'm taking Oilers. I'm taking the Oilers. That's probably a sensible, sensible choice. But... Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? You look at that on paper and you go, "Shit, the Blackhawks are worth a cheeky bet, aren't they?" Oilers win three 0 and you go, "Why did I pick the Blackhawks?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Why did I pick the Blackhawks? No, I, I've got to take the Oilers there. I got to be sensible. Spent, uh, spent all season slagging off the Blackhawks. Like, oh yeah, I definitely picked the Blackhawks in the playoffs. So <laughs> yeah, as soon as it gets to as soon as it gets to a pretend playoff series, we're like, "Oh, Blackhawks probably." 
Preds yoked. A Preds. Preds. I'll take the Coyotes there. No, you fucking don't. I would. I would. You're... I told you. Dude, what what am I going to do? Since the start of the season, we had, we've we said this three or four times, I did not like the Preds. I've not liked the Preds all season. Yeah, but... I, I think there's something washy about them. I don't, I don't like the... And the Coyotes are going to get their players back and they're going to get their goalie back. Yeah. Still, I don't know. Okay. Canucks wild? Canucks. I mean, oh God, I'll try. I'll try and muster up some kind of interest in picking someone. Uh, okay, yeah, Canucks. Why not? Got, Flames, you, Jets. You want to watch Pettersson fucking take a piss out of Minnesota? Don't you? I suppose. I think I've got second season fatigue with Pettersson. <laughs> You're in a sophomore <laughs> slump. He's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me. Yeah, I'm saying it's me. It's not him. He's amazing. Uh, Flames, Jets. Mate, how the fuck are the Jets the nine seed? Fuck, you got no idea. Mental that. Unfortunately, the Jets aren't getting any D back, so I've got to go Flames. Yeah. Man, it depends which Flames turn up. They've been hot and cold this year. But... Oi, you'd have thought they'd be hot. Oh, fuck, I didn't even think of that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. All right, yeah, I'll take the, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Flames. Well, when, when this is set in stone, we can do some proper predictions with, with like games and stuff, but... Absolutely, absolutely. Does it even have a whiff of, of some semblance of, oh, this might be some hockey coming back? It's exciting, isn't it? It's fun. It is exciting, it is exciting. What time are we on? All right, last thing. I want you to do this quickly. I'm going to throw something in you didn't, you didn't know about. Oh, God, do, do, me, uh, do me off the bounce. It's going to be a, a little quick quiz for you, Will. Oi, oi, here we go. A Mr. A Mr. So-called, a Mr. So-called Southerner, the East Kent Elliot Friedman. Let's say how well you know your Cockney rhyming slang. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> 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 but I'm not a Cockney. Dude, Kent is Cockney. Whatever. Don't tell me it's not. It's down there somewhere. Well, uh, next week I'll test Johnny Gaelic then. That's, yeah, but I'm not from there. You're from Kent. That's Cockney. As good as. I'm, uh, I'm actually from Eastbourne, Dan. So, uh, whatever. Leader. Again, London. Same <laughs> May as well be. Go on. So, uh, how many questions? What, five, ten? I'll just throw out ten. Go see on. if you can... See if I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a couple of easy ones. Play along at home fun as well, everybody. Because <laughs> I'm sure uh, we've said before, haven't we, that everybody in North America thinks that English people either talk like a Cockney or they talk like Prince Charles. There's no that's it. There's no other accents. No, Northerners don't either, exist. Yeah, Northerners don't exist. There's no Northern accents on TV in uh, in America. Let's go with easy one: apples and pears. Stairs. Yeah, that's a simple one. That's the that's the basics. Uh, what about a bit of Barney Rubble? Oh, a bit of trouble. A bit of trouble, yeah. I feel like he's having a Barney. That's where it's. Uh, that's where that comes from. Oh, is it? Ah, it's, it's little things like like the evolutions that you never, you never think about the root in it. Yeah. Okay. This is okay. This is okay. So we'll start for like some some uh, maybe right. some medium ones. All right. Before we get to uh, the medium ones, I do want to just throw it out there that I'm going to be fucking awful at this. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. You never know. Uh, the Bristol's. Oh, mate. Nah, I've never even heard it. Bristol's is boobs. Uh, yeah. Because it's, and I'll give you the full, it's the Bristol City. Oh, Bristol City. Cities. Bristol Cities, yeah. I've... Bristol Cities. Yeah, okay, yeah. You can do the rest yourself. <laughs> uh, some of them are just insane. I probably know, I went quickly through this, I probably knew about 40 of these, but some of them are just bizarre. What's the chalk? Oh, mate. No, nah, like, I know what it means, but I, I don't know what it's what it refers to that's your arm it's the chalk farm arm 
What? It's like fucking mental. Like companies are a different fucking breed. <laughs> How would you get that? If everyone else goes to like uh, scouse people and and bur- people from Brum for the way they talk, but like if you talk in proper company rhymes, like day in day out, you're a fucking mental case. Like my in-laws are both my my father-in-laws from Peck. Uh, my father-in-laws from Bermondsey, which is Millwall town. Jesus Ooh. Christ. And no. my mother-in-law is from Peckham. They are as cockney as cockney can be. When they're on the phone to their relatives, I have no idea what they're saying. Not a single clue. Because it's it's like half English, half cockney rhyming slang, half just sayings they've picked up about certain things. And I'm just thinking like, Jesus Christ, I have no, no idea. Oh, you might know this one. What's the Kyber? Oh, nah, nah. <laughs> such bad, <laughs> such terrible content. No idea. No, it's just play. It's play along at home fun, so everyone can have. A, everyone can have a go. Sending the scores. The Kyber is your ass. It's Kyber Pass. Ass. What? What's the Kyber Pass? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, I love this one. Morkum Mindy. Morkum Mindy. Morkum Mindy. As in Morkum Mindy, Nanu Nanu, Robin Williams, Morkum Mindy. Nah, no, I can't even think of what what that could be rhyming for. That's an easy one. That's windy. It's a bit more than windy. That's the thing, though. Nobody, you can't imagine if people are saying these that. things. Yeah, if people are saying these things to each other in conversation, you would turn to your friend and say, "God, it's a bit more than windy, mm-hmm. isn't it?" Who would ever say that? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, it's like the old like chalk, you know, chalk farm for your arm. I get it. Like Bristol City's for. <laughs> For your, for your yeah, I get it. Like, and, and obviously apple, apples and pears. But like, what Morgan Mindy? What is it? Is a new rhyming slang based on current pop culture? Well, Morgan Mindy is from like the eighties, wasn't it? So, well, yeah, well, I, the, I guess yeah, there but, is. It changed. I guess it changes. That's like <laughs> whoever, whoever. It's nineteen eighty four or whenever Morgan Mindy came out. Cockneys have been using Cockney rhyming slang for at least a hundred years, and someone comes <laughs> up. It's been Morgan Mindy. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> And then it makes a there's a fucking herald that comes out in the middle of wherever middle of fucking Hackney Marshes it's like oi oi got a new bit of slang for you there boy and and off we go and there we go fucking ridiculous alright this is an e- this is an easy one pony you're talking pony oh talking rubbish yeah talking crap pony and trap crap uh, Rosie Lee everyone knows that one no I don't know Rosie Lee you don't know Rosie Lee well, I might do if you say it, but I can't. I don't. I don't. I don't spend my days thinking in, in keeping my uh, my knowledge of rhyming slang up to date. Yeah, but you should. I'm too Rosie bad. Lee, have a couple. Have a cup of Rosie Lee. Cup of Rosie Lee. Cup of a uh, cup of um. Der- tea. Dairy. Tea. Dairy triangle of hot water. My mother and my mother-in-law say, "Do you want like? Do you want a Rosie? Like, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> do you want a Rosie? Excuse me. Do you want a Rosie?" <laughs> Happily married, thank you. Two more. Oh, you got, okay, all right. You got this one. A syrup. Syrup. Yeah. Nah, nah. I've never even heard that. <laughs> How do I know more of these than you? This is you, insane. You're from you're, there. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find a bunch of really obscure Manchester slang from from like <laughs> the 1700s. <laughs> what do you mean you've you've not heard of the 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 burlap pimpernickel? <laughs> it means block of cheese. Oh okay. Come Syrup on. of figs? Does that help? A, a pack no, of, clearly a not. Pack of cigs. No, it's a wig. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> what if you ever seen someone wearing a wig? I've seen people wear. You've never seen anyone wear a wig before. Not like not like a wig wig. I've seen someone wear like a fucking <laughs> a fucking party wig, but not like a wig wig. Not like a fucking. I can't even never. I've can't even never heard a wig called a syrup. I'm I'm actually surprised at that. I thought you would have heard that before. <laughs> Shocked and appalled. Quite, I'm I'm physically shaken by the fact that you've never heard. <laughs> My heart is pounding. Well, that you, you've never heard. I need to stop the podcast. Do, do you know somebody who wears a wig? I did do. Oh, well, I didn't know him, but I worked when I worked in Manchester in a, in a large office. There was three floors, and there was a guy who worked on one of the floors upstairs wore a wig. Oh, so that's enough, though, isn't it? Yeah, like I've never even encountered someone that's worn a wig. Oh, fair enough then. It's not very, uh, it's not very modern, Dan. Showing your age gap there. All right. You know what? I said it's going to be ten. I've just found three more, let's, so I'll give you these three. Let's keep going. I'll just say no three more times. It's fine by me. <laughs> uh, a tea leaf. Oh, a thief. Hey, oh, there that's, we go. That's basic. Come on. That's basic. I thought. I don't know. However, I can say this again. <laughs> basic. Um, yeah, I'm with. I'll, I'll say this in a sentence. I'm with the trouble. Oh, with the trouble. And it's trouble that you're looking for. Oh, I feel, yeah. I've, I've I've heard of that one. That's not like the police or something, is it? No, I'll give you the rest of it. It's the trouble and strife. Oh, the wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The wife. Yeah, and with the. <laughs> The Trouble's on the phone, <laughs> which I must admit, I do like. That's very funny. That's beautiful. The Trouble is trouble Strife. And the classic, an absolute classic. If you don't get this, you have to renounce yourself in any way as part Southern or even anything Stop. to do with the South I, of England. I, I, didn't, okay? I didn't sign up for this. This is, this is the easy... A Tom Tit. A Tom Tit? You must know this well, like, one. Like, like, I'm actually now physically... Like I am shaking. I've, I've, I've never, never even heard of Tom Tit. You've never heard of Tom Tit? No. Was it a, a twit? I'm I'm going for, I'm going for a Tom Tit. Oh, a shit. No, I've heard there of you no go. black and white. Do you say black? Man, man. Okay. Go for a black and white. Yeah. Now we're getting into like regional. Now we're getting into regional fucking <laughs> regional, <laughs> regional, uh, regional rhyming slang. Rhyming slang all around all around England. Yeah, we 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 say <laughs> black and white, not not Tom Tit. Yeah. My my two are. I'm going to drop the kids off at the pool. Okay. Yeah. Or. I'm going to go pinch a loaf. That's the other one. I, I, I will be honest, more often than not, I do just say, I'm going to go have a shit. I'm going for a dump. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> going to go have a poo. Some of these are absolutely ridiculous. Oh. Sausage roll, gold. Oh, you must know Ruby Murray. Oh, yeah. A curry. A Ruby Murray. Yeah, going for a curry. There you go. See, see you've, you've, you've given me too many hard ones. Too many fucking... <laughs> when, was the, when was the last time someone said fucking syrup? Dude, I swear to you... In the, syrup and I guarantee in the last I guarantee in the last five years someone said syrup to me in regards to wig <laughs> you're around too many people wearing wigs mate that's the problem <laughs> surrounded <laughs> surrounded by wig wearing cockneys <laughs> what's the other life and then people live? have to talk about it as well <laughs> we got any syrup I say yeah mate yeah just came down the apples and stairs and got it <laughs> got it from the trouble <laughs> 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 alright fantastic I actually enjoyed it that was quite fun let's get out of here <laughs> thank you for listening everybody Please. Will any last words uh, no none at all alrighty there we are take care everyone we'll talk to you next week peace peace